Jim Britt and Jim Lutz had a vision, and the Change Book series was developed. Welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, Work-Life Balance Specialist, Deb Crow. Join Deb weekly where she interviews the top co-authors from all over the globe who share their insights into self-empowerment with life-enhancing realizations that will touch every area of your life. We're live every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 1.30 Eastern Standard Time. Well, good afternoon, everybody. It's hump day. It's Wednesday, December 9th, and we're back live on the Changebook radio show, and this is Deb Crow. I'm just excited again to be back with you and sharing the next two 30-minute segments with two female co-authors from the Changebook series who I can call both my colleagues and have the privilege of calling them my friend. The first co-author that I'd like to introduce is Tamara Renee, and she's from California. She believes that everyone deserves to be living and having active, flowing, and thriving lives. And I love that that is her daily mantra. She's been a body and life transformational expert for over 25 years. And what I love about Tamara is her approach to nutrition is nothing short of being revolutionary. And she helps people to really live a lifestyle that's perfection in motion. She specializes in personalized nutrition, and she uses your DNA to determine the ideal diet and exercise protocol. She's a certified nutritionist, coach, speaker, trainer, healthy chef, and the purveyor of making dreams come true. And she's my dear friend. And welcome, Tamara, to the show. <laughs> well, thank you, Mama Deb. Glad to I'm, be here. I'm so excited to interview you because I've said this to you before. I feel like you're light years ahead of yourself for what you offer to your clients. And what I mean by that is you use a really holistic approach wrapped around science. So I'd love for you to share with the listeners your area of passion and just give them a little glimpse of your business and what you do. Well, you know, for many years, as I was consulting clients on how to live more of a thriving life, how to get out of their minds and in their bodies so that they can um, control their bodies, a lot of times what happens is food really takes, um, it's like an infatuation with us. And if I can teach people how to use food in a way that has them thriving and balanced, so that they can enjoy more moments. Because what happens is in the day, we look back and we go, where did day, the day go? Or we're tired and we're thinking, I cannot wait till this day ends. And my goal is always to just radically improve the amount of joy that people are experiencing in their bodies and therefore their lives. And if I can take and strategize with them not only in their lifestyle habits, but also pair that with a perfect science-based formula for what's going to work for their body so that if you're putting in or they're putting in one morsel of effort, it gets huge effects because it's precise to them. 
You know, Dad, well, many people many can people. eat quality foods, right? I mean, I was just talking with you a couple of days ago about cucumbers or water with apple cider vinegar in it. But there are different ratios that people need of healthy quality food. And if you want to really feel your best, look your best, and thrive every day with that confidence, it's really knowing exactly what your formula is. You don't have to guess anymore. You don't have to struggle anymore. And it's a sense of feeling like you're in control of your energy, of your mood, of your aesthetics. And it's like self-preservation mode. But most importantly, when we're in that state that we get to experience the morsels of the moment, we get to smell the roses. Right? Think about this. Have you ever been bloated, Deb? Oh, absolutely. And I'm I'm intrigued because it, it just makes me think of, you know, years ago when the doctors, uh, I forget what show it was on, were talking about eating to your blood type, which is really what you're talking about. So it's eating for what our cells are looking for based on our DNA. I just think it's such a brilliant holistic approach to help people and what I loved what you just said a minute ago was there's no more guessing this is what works it's a continual path take the guessing take the stress out of what am I going to eat today how am I going to make this and get off the up and down mood roller coaster why why do you think people struggle struggle with that so badly um, what do you mean, struggle with the energy, the roller coaster? The energy and also just the, you know, the inability to stabilize their mood or you get them on a good program, but they waver off of that. Why do you think people do that? Well, I think that, Mama Deb, all of us, um, you know, starting for a young, as a young child, we test limits. You know, we test boundaries and limits with our parents, right? And it's human nature to test ourselves to like take things a little bit for granted and test the boundaries of what will work. Oh gosh, I feel really good. But what if I had one more chocolate Would that, could I still feel good? We're always want to indulge more. Now, a lot of people also don't understand when they have a thought or what possibly could have been a stressor on their body. For an example, say that you were just about to get onto a blog pop radio show or just about to go to a presentation in front of your boss, or just about to sit down and have a serious conversation about things that have been bothering you with your mate, or you just you almost just hit the car in front of you, and you're thinking fear. Every time we have a thought or an emotion, we release a chemical response to that. A hormonal response happens in our bodies. And a lot of people don't understand how to use food to help their body, their own specific body, based on the emotions and the things that they encompass in the day. So what they do is they think, I'm not mentally strong enough to handle always eating right. But what the truth is, they don't know what their body is going through based on what their mind or emotion just experienced. And so they don't have their precise formula to help their body kind of navigate the way, what to eat before, what to eat after, thoughts and emotions. 
that helps that internal chemistry stay balanced. Therefore, it's much easier to stay on course because their body is not pulling them in any one direction besides being present. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I I think your words are going to resonate with a lot of listeners today because there's no one, I'm sure even yourself, who doesn't go through a 24-hour period without some type of hormonal response. We're human. And I think even though we do our best to conquer fear throughout the day, especially if we're getting ready for a big presentation or whatever it may be, it's just part of our DNA makeup, that that emotional, hormonal response. So I just think there's such power in your words. And I, I can see you doing personalized recipes, if you will, and, and health plans for people based on that. And I just, I think it's just, very, very exciting. And it's it's not like you're creating anything new. It's like we're going back to where we came from. Yes, indeed. And I think that and one think of my most of my- precious specialties is that I have a way about being able to assess someone's lifestyle and to help them navigate how it's easier to integrate the new things that we have found out from running their DNA about how they're supposed to eat, the habits they're supposed to have. It's not only food, it's not only the ratios of proteins, carbs, and fats, but it gets down to as precise science of saying what type of essential fat is best to help this individual suppress their, their bad DNA and express their good. And it goes as far as to say where vitamin defects people have and what exercise they need what heart risk factors they have. I take that, I assess their life, and I help them integrate systems. Because we all know if we plan ahead with something, we create systems and structure around it. It's so much easier to follow than to each day wake up and wing it. When you are creating a system that will preserve your energy and your emotional, therefore, Um, physical uh, stabilization and well-being, you can thrive so much. You've got the energy. It's, It's like I just want people to reside in the moment so that then they can go out and share with each person that they encounter in a day versus sitting there going, when I was heavy, I used to sit there in my internal dialogue, Deb, and say, I'm not good enough. Look at my stomach compared to them. How come I'm so tired? Oh, my eyes are burning. Why am I have so much gas? Why is my stomach so bloated? You know, how come I can't feel good? Why don't I look like that? Why aren't I successful like that? And all of that was self-consuming. And I try to tell people that those thoughts and your energy and your well-being can all be controlled, and your self-discipline gets immensely stronger, 90% stronger, if you allow for me to consult you in a way that's going to stabilize your system and how to do that the fastest, easy way, easiest way based on your lifestyle demands. And that's, and that's, that's a perfect that's formula. Perfect. Well, I shared with... Stacey Carnaludi, who is another one of our pals in The Change, 
last yes, week, her. and I and I've shared with you as well that both of you have been instrumental in really having me reflect on the self care of my work life balance, and I wasn't doing enough exercise, and I wanted to stabilize and assess my lifestyle, and and you helped me with that, and make sure that my internal dialogue was not the example you just gave. So, you know, not just having gratitude for the day, but having those positive affirmations and not comparing yourself to everyone else. So I'm in the last week of my boot camp, and I, I want you to know that I'm very proud of myself. I've done very well, and I don't get caught up on the numbers and, and all those other logistical things it's about what you said. I'm assessing how I'm feeling, how I'm looking, and I can tell you that my clothes are too big, and that's that's a celebration, <laughs> but I'm I'm really staying focused because my internal dialogue is not to quit for anything I do, but there's also a really powerful quote that I love from Paulo Coelho, and he says, stop being who you were and start being who you are. And I, I have had that as part of my internal dialogue from day one of boot camp. And I still find the struggle when I work out, but I'm so much stronger. And I do. I look at myself in the mirror and I think, you go, Mama Deb. And I can hear you and Stacy, you know, as part of my little internal cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, but it's not everybody can do that. So I think it's very powerful that you talk about assessing it as a lifestyle. It's not a diet. And really being mindful to your internal dialogue is hugely important. Now, I have to ask you, you are and have been because you're in book two, part of this amazing, powerful global community with Jim Britt and Jim Lutz and the Change Book series. Tell us what excites you about that. I think that as being an entrepreneur for 25, almost 26 years now, and in San Diego, I was kind of like ahead of the time, ahead of the the curve here where women entrepreneurs were very um, um, plentiful. And so I always kind of felt a little like alone, alone on my path. I didn't have someone to turn to to guide me. I didn't have someone to run concepts and ideas with. I didn't have people to collaborate with. And when I brought the opportunity to be a co-author with Jim Britt and Jim Lutz, I did not blink an eye. I was 100% in because, Deb, when can you get the the, the reinforcement, the coaching, the collaboration from world-renowned leaders like they are that have just, that will make themselves one phone call away. And I know that you are spreading your wings as I am spreading mine. And we have got now contacts across this world of people with like-minded, thriving minds, that entrepreneurial spirit and loving souls and hearts that can reach out and want to collaborate and work together. And there's so much to be learned from one another in seconds of conversation because we're so available to each other and we're so raw in the moment. You know, you just mentioned something 
that, you know, it was that, that, uh, that quote that you loved. It's about, it's about being you. This morning when I was exercising, it was one of my coaches' 29th birthday this morning. I shared with Coach Damien and told him my 29th year was like a very revolutionary year for me because I finally learned who I was. Not who I wanted to be, who I thought I wanted to be. I settled in and I found who Tamara Renee was and I learned that I absolutely cherished her uniqueness and I did not want to be anything else than I actually was. And it's allowing and accepting that. And I think that when you connect with other like-minded people that just want to be them and share their gifts, it magnifies the intensity or and even the success of each conversation or each collaboration. Fully and who doesn't love Jim Luke and Jim Britt? Well, I, I'm a big fan. And, you know, they constantly encourage us to reach out. I talk to them both a few times every week. I have set some very big, scary goals for 2016. And today's a perfect example. Um, from early this morning till early evening tonight, my time, by the end of the day, excluding the radio show, I will have talked to seven of the co-authors in The Change working on developing collaborations for 2016. And uh, it's, you know what? You just got to reach out. It's kind of like um, everything we're talking about. The body achieves what the mind believes, right? Indeed. Indeed. And, you know, if you, if you looked over my chapter, my chapter really was on, I wrote it on your food truth. So many people are a little overwhelmed with the concept of using DNA. So I tried to teach them about listening to their body, how their body might respond to them if a food item is working for them or not working for them, giving them that innate or teaching them about that innate body response that they're having. And you know, I mean, there's not that many ways that I can get this word out to people across the world. But with this collaborated effort and the joint effort with Jim Lutz and Jim Brett put together has really allowed for me to, you know, immensely expand my, um, my capacity to get the word out, to relieve. And without them, I don't know another way to have done it at such a quick level. I mean, what other possibilities are there? Well, and just brilliant. if I can if I can add to that, how else would we have otherwise met? We might not have. That would be a crying shame, Mama Deb. It would be. Now you just gave me a nice segue into your chapter because I just wanted to talk about that. So you are in book number mm-hmm. two. So you're like one of almost the beginning books. And yes. your your chapter is called Your Food Truth. And I read it. And there's a paragraph in here that I would love to read and have you just kind of give us a little bit of where your mindset was when you wrote it. So here it is. And it talks about nutritional guidelines. I absolutely love this. It's often Mm -hmm. thought that man has created a simplified, streamlined, 
ultimate platform for productivity. Think about it. It is processed shredded cheese. Is it making your life, your dinner easier? Can life truly be easier if your body is processing plastic? How productive can you be if your body is in a tired, bloated, brain-fogged, overwhelmed, and immune-deficient state? The answer is simple. This isn't rocket science. rocket science. The answer is in the green. Not money, broccoli. Give us a little insight to your mindset when you wrote this chapter and just give me a little overview of, of your mindset when you wrote that paragraph because I think you really <laughs> hit a couple of really key points there. Well, you know, first off, that paragraph that you picked out, it's so classic that you chose that. It is a great representation of my quirkiness. And what I mean by that is I love to laugh and make light of serious things so that it keeps us lightheaded and light-minded and not like, oh, my gosh, really? I'm eating plastic? I can't believe I'm eating plastic. You know, or like the little, little comment that I said about, you know, it's all really in the greens. No, 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 folks, not in the money, truly in the broccoli, right? It, it's, it's kind of like the mindset of saying if you are really logically taking a step back and thinking, if I'm drinking this artificial creamer, which is what most people drink, that I have to take people off, I'm like, can you read those ingredients? They're not even real ingredients. Or shredded cheese, which means, you know, half of it's the legal limit of plastic in there. People are thinking, oh, this really helps simplify or makes it easy. But really, those are making everything harder. You just don't understand maybe or have the insights and the knowledge about how much um, uh, vitality that is pulling from your body and your mind, therefore making everything a struggle versus being maybe a little more pro, um, productive about it or proactive about it, like taking cheese, shredding it all up at one time in your food processor, putting it in individual baggies, putting all the baggies in the freezer besides one and pulling them out at one time. It is little strategies that are so simple to do Versus thinking about the many things that we will encompass in a day that are like those things that we're trying to cut corners for simplicity, but they're actually drawing and pulling all of our vitality from our body. And once again, think about the moment when you're tired, bloated. There's no way you can be present to things. So two things happen there. You're not enjoying your life as much as you should or deserve. And you can't be as productive. You just can't. It's a divided interest. If you've got divided interest and, and energy and distractions, it's hard to be present. And then think about us as women, Mama. We are, our, our juiciness is a sharing ourselves with others. It's in a smile. It's in a good morning. It's in the share of hug. It's in a, a, a smile of acceptance and appreciation. It's in the grace that we share with others. But if we're not feeling that for ourselves, we don't have it to share with others. 
And I don't I think that every moment has to be perfect. It's really about allowing and being graceful with yourself, allowing yourself grace and flexibility and listening to when you eat something or respond in a certain way, what your body might need and, and finding your formula and putting it into play. It's a lot no, I, easier when you've got someone to consult you like me, right? But I, in the meantime, I give them a lot of tools in the book to be able to listen and turn up their volume to learn some things about their own system, their own wisdom. Well, and we have to learn through trial and error and, and, you know, it's like week one of boot camp. You, you don't know what your body's going to do, how it's going to respond. And you just, you got to work through it and just be mindful. And like you said, watch how your body's responding. Now Mm -hmm. I would love I would love for you to tell the listeners um, how how can they get a hold of you? Do you have any programs going on right now? Are you doing any events in December or next year? I've got some events that will one that we'll be doing in April, which will be amazing, right? And and uh, we're looking at Costa Maker Irvine area of San Diego. And I've got a couple moms events that I'm speaking at. It's called Moms Helping Moms. And it's really women that are trying to venture back into the work field that have been out of the work field and how I can empower them by teaching their body and treat, uh, treating their body well and using that as the foundation to lay down every day, every week so that they can thrive from there. And I've got a book signing event up in uh, it's it's called uh, it's called Encinitas, California, which is in San Diego County. Uh, what else do I have? I'm going to Boise, Idaho, in a couple weeks, and my goal over there is to find a speaking event to go back and to do in March. So I'm looking forward to that that challenge. I've already put a couple feelers in. And the best way to really reach me is to go on my Facebook page, which is Tamara Renee DNA. That's T-A-M-A-R-A-R-E-N-E-E and then DNA. And also my website, which is TamaraReneeGlobal.com. Those are the two best ways. I think that you can get like a essence of me and learn about all of my curriculum. I do do an ongoing group program that uh, is my baby. I've always, my whole career, I mostly did one-on-one coaching and consulting. And what I have found when I worked with groups together is the camaraderie and the support that is built in the groups is outstanding. I had one of my clients just asked me to really do her group of women. She has got an exercise studio and I did 38 women over a course of five weeks And it was the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my whole career. And that was about six years ago now. So since then, I've done plenty more. But that first one was, that first one just settled in my heart and left a a big impact on me. And it was, like, amazing to see how women could really support each other and really confide in each other and, you know, in that group setting. You know, we're pretty dynamic as a team, I think, Mama Deb. Oh, I do as well, and I'm looking forward to the one-day women's conference that you and I and and other co-authors of The Change are going to put together for April, and 
you know, even thinking about work-life balance as it relates to food and nutrition, it's it's all interconnected and it's an element of, of self-care. And I just, I love the work that you're doing. Uh, I'm going to go back to the beginning of the interview. I still feel as a nutritionist and a trainer and, and all that you bring to the health and wellness arena, I still think you're light years ahead of yourself. I think the assessment tools and protocols that you use, I think people are very fortunate to have your knowledge. So I've just enjoyed spending the last 30 minutes. I always love to hear your voice. I love our social media chats, but I always enjoy hearing your voice and I can picture your face, even though we're on the radio. And <laughs> I, look, I look forward to planning and, and being back in California with you. I miss you. Yes. Yes, I look forward to that as well, Mom and Dad. May I leave so them you, with a may I leave them with a quote? Absolutely. You know, one thing I try to teach people is allow flexibility and grace. I think that grace is the perfect word for it because we tend we tend to be hard on ourselves. And when I was listening to a marketing seminar with Lisa Sasevich one day, she said, you know, build your plane as you fly it. Meaning it does not have to be perfect. Just get into motion. And when you start thriving, it will propel you to thrive and to excel more and more and more. And the idea is don't worry about how life gets perfect and slows down and so that everything can be perfectly aligned. It never happens. Just get into motion and trust yourself. Well, that's a nice way to end the interview. So my friend, my mm -hmm. colleague, my health professional, I wish you nothing but the best. I hope you have a great holiday season in a couple of weeks with family and friends. And uh, here's to 2016, girlfriend. Okay, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to roll with that one. So thanks again for being on the show, and we'll talk soon. Okay, bye, Mom and Dad. Thank have a you. great holiday. You too. Bye-bye. Just such a great interview with uh, Tamara Renee. And again, her website is TamaraReneeGlobal.com. And it just, I'm always intrigued by the talent that we have in the Change Book series and how we are spanning the globe, 22 plus countries, over 200 authors. It's just it's just growing in leaps and bounds of, like Tamara said, entrepreneurial, like-minded individuals. And I'd like to move into our second co-author today. And again, she is another author that I got to meet in California. And her name is Glenda Fleming Thomas. And Blog Talk Radio is giving us some interesting dynamics. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, introduce Glenda, and hopefully she'll be able to be on the line with us here shortly. So Glenda has been active in the teaching program of her church for 40 years. She is a speaker and has spoken at a woman's event in Seattle, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Houston, Columbia, Dallas, and Oklahoma City, Detroit metro area, and even Chicago. She is a spiritual life coach. Glenda has led women through spiritual healing by using the 12 steps for Christians. 
Glenda also founded the Sister to Sister newsletter for 14 years, and this was sent out to 14 countries and served as a ministry of encouragement to women. Glenda was in California when I met her, and she also, after she went home in April, she uh, found out and was diagnosed with a brain aneurysm that she has had surgery on, and she has uh, been in recovery since that time. So I'm really happy that she's on the show and she's doing really well. And Glenda, are you with us? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? We can hear you great. It was perfect. We can hear you great, and it was perfect timing. And I'm just, I'm so happy to hear your voice, and it's so lovely to have you on the show. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just so excited uh, that you um, are having me on the show, and just to be alive and to, uh, just to have progressed so along so well. I'm just. I'm amazed at, at the progress that I've been able to make, and I'm just really, really just full of gratitude. Well, I I said to you after you had got home and had got your diagnosis and you've had surgery, I said to you that uh, God still has big plans for you on this earth, and it's not your time. So I would love for you to share with our listeners what your area of passion and business is and give them give them a little insight to Glenda. Okay. Uh one of the things that I'm really passionate about is um working I was been working with individuals for a while and I'm getting ready to continue the same work but just with uh groups instead of individuals. And um it's helping those who do not know how how to just connect harm, that harmonizing their life with their body mind spirit and and it really connects it a lot with what Tamara was just talking about um and in uh the in the change book I write about that how I went through my journey of not knowing and how you know those moments came where I realized this is connected this is connected oh this is connected and eventually I that gave me the foundation to understand how I'm, I'm to live my life and to living it in harmony makes so much difference. It makes it so much better. It makes everything so much clearer when you can have, have your body, mind and spirit harmonized, living in harmony to where you don't have your mind going one way and your body going another. And yet you don't feel like you feel like if you're working on something, you're doing it. It's great when you work on one thing, like you work on your body, but we also need to work on our mind. We need to work on our spirit and and include all of that in, in ways that we can build ourselves up to be the best we can be. And so that harmony in our lives is, is just is key. I I fully agree with you, Glenda, and I I would love for you to share with us, if you don't mind, when mm-hmm. you went through your health concerns after you got home in April, what was mm-hmm. your what was your mindset when you found out about the aneurysm and where were you at after the surgery and where are you at now with your mindset? Okay. Take us through your journey. Okay. Um, one of the things that happened to me once when I it was April twenty fourth, a day I will never forget. <laughs> 
And uh, my husband went with me to the the uh, office to see the doctor. And uh, I thought I was going there for something else. I didn't realize that I was going there to actually for them to tell me whether or not I had to have surgery because I had had an angiogram, and the doctor who gave that to me said, all we have to do is continue to watch it. So that's what I thought that's all I had to do. So I had an appointment to go see the neurologist. I didn't understand why I was seeing them, but I had it, so I went. So I found out that it, that was like the other part of the team, not just one person was to make the decision. And so I explained to them, you know, what had happened, because they knew I'd had the angiogram. And so they, there were two people in there. One was a, a neurologist, and he said, well, we don't know if we're going to do clipping or it was some other coiling, clipping or coiling. And I was I was like, clipping or coiling? What? And so he, I let him finish. And so I said, now, I wasn't expecting to have this conversation because the other doctor told me all we had to do was watch it. And it was a really odd moment because neither one of those people said anything. They didn't say anything. And then they said, well, we're going to call him now to see which one are we going to do. They didn't even reply. So my husband and I were sitting there, looked at each other, was like, so there's actually something more serious. So so after that, uh, they came back from the phone call, and they, he said, okay, you, you, he can't coil it, which is a less intrusive procedure. He's going to have to uh, do the... Um, whatever the other thing was, I said, and and he started touching my head and showing me where they were gonna uh, cut it and make a flap of the skin. And I mean, it was just sudden. It was just everything just happened so fast. And so we were just stunned, and we we just like, well, okay. So he said, well, somebody from the office will call you for an appointment. Blah blah blah. So we. We walked to the car, and I'm pretty sure we weren't saying anything. And it was just really, it was just a shock. And so they said it was going to be like a week, and then they had some kind of uh, emergency, so they couldn't do it for two weeks. So I didn't have much time to prepare in any way. But during those two weeks, I I reflected on my life. And one of the, you know how they say your life flashed before me? It wasn't a quick flash. It was uh, I had time to have two weeks <laughs> to at least flash flash back over my life, and I thought about how this is how I looked at it: that my relationship with God to me a lot of times was rocky, and it wasn't because of Him; it was because of me, because I would be afraid and full of fear over things. We, we did go through a lot of crisis, but I just. Sometimes I would believe I would I would feel firmly strong in faith and believe in God and trust that He's going to take care of it. And other times I would be so afraid I would just you know. And I had panic attacks for years, um, and which I did find healing for that. And I start looking over all the those years and how each and every situation, no matter how close to the line the time came, God provided. God provided. God provided. 
And I, I kept coming to the same conclusion. I said, after all this time, all those things, I believe, were preparing me for this moment to where I absolutely needed to have that trust and that confidence. And not not for survival as far as just being in this world, but just pure trust that no matter which way it went, that I would be okay because I was in his hands. And through that whole thing, I felt for my family members because, you know, it was sudden for them, my, my daughters and uh, my siblings, and we communicated with them. But for me personally, I just realized it was like all uh, all of that, I knew it was helping me to grow to be a stronger person, but it was also helping me to prepare specifically for this. And all, all from that, I was just, I'm just thankful. All I could say is I'm thankful, I'm thankful, I'm thankful. I have gratitude that they found it. I live, I'm living in an age where they have the technology to take care of it. Um, I just, I just overflowed with Thanksgiving. I had friends uh, that 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 took me to lunch, and we talked. And uh, I, I met a woman online who, like a week or so before any of this happened, and she introduced me on her live streaming show, and I was able to talk about the ordeal and everything. And it was like over 500 people on that show, and it just was so. It was just surreal. And I was like, me, that you know, comparing that little girl who used to cry just because somebody looked at me funny um, because I, I'm a highly sensitive person, but I had to, but you still have to learn how to live in this world somehow and and be happy and also live in your purpose somehow, you know, as a highly sensitive person. And so over all these years, I just, I have, God prepared me to be ready for this. And it's so important to be ready because my blood pressure uh, would be highly affected if I was afraid of things as I used to be. That would have been a, a definite minus in having this surgery because you have to be genuinely calm and you have to be able to, you have to because your body, just like just like she was, uh, Tamara was saying, when you go through certain emotional things and you your body is chemistry is changing. So when I was fearful, that stuff was messing with my with my body chemistry. And so going through this, if I had had the same fear and insecurity, the same, it could have you know it could have just made things so much worse. And so through the process, um, so many miracles happened. I can't even tell you all, but I did. In, one of the miracles that came out of it is during my. Re- Recuperation. I wrote a book. Believe it or not, I wrote a book. And if you look in uh, this this book right here, the change, the last question I said in that book was, "What's next?" That was in uh, I turned my manuscript in December, so I had no clue any of this stuff was on the horizon for me. And so when I said, oh, when I got the diagnosis, I said, oh, that's what's next. (laughs) And so I said, okay, the name of my book is called The Next Chapter, Glenda's Brain Aneurysm Journey. And I've written a book, and uh, it's on on Amazon right now. And it details my thoughts, 
things that happened that were just, I had an older sister to pass away during my recuperation period. Um, I had, I was surrounded by love in a way that I had not experienced in my life up until now. Um, So many things just to reassure that gratitude is just is just all it can be. That's all there can be for me is gratitude. And then um, when I met you at in California, I had met. I was up north. I think I told you I was up north because my sister was ill. Well, that's the sister that passed away. And I, but while I was there, I spent a couple of weeks with her, and all I could have was gratitude for that because we I already knew she was uh, chronically ill. But while I was there, we we walked, we talked, we laughed. Uh, I have video. I took pictures, and she's our eldest sister. And it was tough to accept, but I still have so much to be grateful for because I had time to spend with her at the end, and she was open with me about what was going on, and you know, it just was, it was just amazing. And so, through all of this. It just showed me that the level. Sometimes you want you you want to go to the next level, but you don't think that you don't know what that's like because you're where you are. But to be on a level where I can face life on life's terms, sure, I do cry when I feel sad. Yes, I do. You know, I feel I'm I'm human, but it's just that I'm not just full of fear to where. I'm always wishing I could have been in the in the change book. <laughs> you know, the old Glenda would have just wished she could have been in the change book and let the opportunity pass by. But when the two gems called me, I said yes. I said, this is a pivotal moment. I said yes. Well, I haven't shared a story with you because I wanted to wait to interview you. The mm-hmm. day that... The day that I flew home from California, mm-hmm. I landed in Toronto, and my husband called me, and he said, are you in the car driving home? And I said, mm-hmm. I am. And he mm-hmm. said, my sister has had a brain aneurysm at the gym, and she's wow. in uh, she's in an 11-hour surgery. Oh, so. God. As as a relative, I can only imagine how your family felt. Yes. And yes. then and then you let me know about you. So I I had a lot of prayers going on for you, for my sister in law. Yes. And yes. she is doing as well as you are. And it just wow. you know, it amazes me. And I wanted to share with you um the neurosurgeon that invented the clip for aneurysms uh, Mm -hmm. is actually from my city, London, Ontario, Canada. And his his name was Dr. Charles Drake. He's passed away now, but that is something that came from the city where I am. So I'm just, I'm feeling so connected to you on so many different levels, Glenda. Oh my gosh, Deb, wow. Oh my god. So I wonder, you have a very powerful paragraph in your chapter that I'd like to read to the listeners. Okay. So Linda is in the change book 
three and her chapter is titled contemplating change and i just want to read a very powerful paragraph that she wrote and this is how it how it's written change is something that every human being on the face of the earth has in common change happens to us around us and even in us whether we want it to or not how we choose to deal with change differs what we choose to change differs what we change differs when we change differs who accepts change differs where change takes takes place differs one thing that is constant however is change take us back to the mindset of when you wrote this glenda and just tell us what you were feeling and and what message you were really trying to get out to the people that read your chapter one of the things i was looking at was the variety of things that I have experienced and as working in ministry, uh, seeing in the lives of so many people that I have worked with. And, you you know, there are people when you, they may need counsel or whatever or coaching or whatever, and you just see everybody is a little bit different. But if you look at, if I could line up all the hundreds of people through the years, all these years, there would be, a a string, you can imagine a string, a thread going between each one, just put it at one giant, giant string between them all. And that string would be change because that is what's happening at all times. And so it's weird because it's like, sometimes we feel like, okay, today I'm going to make a change. Well, you know what? You're already changing. (laughs) And it's just a weird it's just weird because it's already happening. But when we engage it, then we can start to see in life around us, in people around us, in ourselves, those more subtle changes. Because sometimes we, it's like, I tell, I, this is one of the things I, I picture, word pictures I like to use. It's like each person is like a plant. It's like a seed. A person, each person is like a seed. And we come up, we grow when we grow. Every plant is not going to come up the same time, not going to grow exactly the same way. And we're certainly not going to look the same when we come out. Even if you're all green beans, you're not going to be exactly the same. They could have their individual curls and twists and leaves looking slightly different. And just to, to me, I was thinking of the acceptance of how other people go through their changes. It's going to be different than mine, and that's, that is fine and I'm going through something different than someone else, that's fine too. I I like the metaphor of the plant because it's you've probably seen in, in some advertisements, and I've seen it a lot with carrots, and carrots is a great example. They're all planted mm-hmm. as seeds, yet some of them come out orange, some of them come out white, some of them come out yep. purple, and mm-hmm. that is such a great metaphor. And yeah. just because we all plant a seed, we all bloom and and come into our own and the best versions of ourselves when we're ready. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I'm hearing you yeah. say to me about yeah. your journey and your success and, and where you're going. Now, yeah. tell our listeners 
Um, it's exciting the global community that Jim Britt and Jim Lutz have created with us with this Change Book Series platform. What excites mm -hmm. you about that? Well, one of the things I find just so awesome is their personability and accessibility. Um, I'm, I was creating an invitation to an event I'm going to be do. I plan to be doing in May. I was invited to uh, come to Pepperdine University. Uh, in May, they have uh, uh, annual Bible lectures, and they have tons and tons of classes. And I was invited to come, and I'm going to be sharing my aneurysm story. And so I couldn't figure out whether I sh how I should, should I put the book on the invitation, or should I wait until I get there and then talk about the book. And all I had to do was get in touch with Jim Lutz and ask him the question, <laughs> And other times I've had to, uh, I wanted to know some questions about uh, uh, a marketing plan he had talked to us about, and I just called him, and uh, we played a tiny bit of phone tag, but we finally got in touch. And he just took the time, explained it to me, and, I mean, it was, he, he, they're accessible. And anytime I've emailed either one of them, it's just been able to be, it's just been just, we're, we're like, we're our friends because we've actually met and we were like friends we that hadn't met before I came to, uh, to California to meet them. And so I've never heard of that kind of um, uh, personability, that kind of uh, linking, that that connectedness that's so real. And so once we got there, I met you, I met some other people who I've been able to stay in touch with. And I've been able to, uh, through my recuperation, I'm not, I haven't tried to do any collaborations yet, but I'm I'm ready to begin to start, you know, carving out stuff like that. And they help even in that kind of thing. I mean, they're so they're so helpful and available. No, I I fully agree with you, and and they are always, you know, extending for the co-authors to to reach yeah, out, and yeah. and I agree with you. I can leave a voicemail. Sometimes they get the phone if they're free or they return mm -hmm. an email, mm -hmm. but it's just, it's invaluable having that relationship, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I'm, I'm going to have to get an autographed copy of your book because I oh, would yeah. love to read about your journey. Now I know I'm helping with your cognitive development and we're, you're one of my worst with friends, buddies. <laughs> you're not the only one, but you're one of them. Hey, that helps. It does help my cognitive development. It keeps me going, playing words with friends. <laughs> well, and it's important because it is a higher cognitive function. So what yeah. is – we've got a few minutes left. What what has been mm -hmm. some of the strategies that you've used since your operation? And what are okay. some of the things that you're still having difficulty with? Because I think our listeners would really like to hear – hear that from someone who's gone through such an invasive surgery. Okay. Um, one of the things I did was um, Zen Tangle Art. And I, I don't even know how many I've did, done. I, it's probably over 100 pieces. <laughs> Excuse me. And it's a, it's a Zen-based drawing. And then there's a mandalas are a little bit more concise. I mean, precise in how you draw them, but um, it's a it's like a freestyle shape, and it's hard to understand completely unless you've heard of it. 
And I actually ended up creating an, a book, and it's on, it's online as well. Um, it's called Gratitude Journal with Zen, Ten Zentangle Images to Color. And this coloring thing is, is a big relaxation tool for adults that's just capturing the world somehow. People all over, are, adults all over are just coloring, and it's just helping us to relax. And so, uh, and the gratitude was obviously out of my gratitude, and I attended a teleclass about that, and I was like, well, I, I can put them both together. So I did a gratitude journal and put those pieces of art in there so that in between whenever someone's writing about their lives or how they feel or what they're grat- grateful for, that to relax, they have 10 pieces of art in there. And the other thing, I have trouble with weird and I try not to get upset. I just get frustrated by is, um, like, for example, I'll put something down. Like, I'll put, let's just say I put my phone down. And I try to look and see where I put it so that visually, the way I used to remember things is by visually seeing it. I don't, I don't remember where things are. I just see it in my head. So I know that it's in a drawer. So the other day, for example, I was, I had put some, put it in, in something that was rectangular shape, and I thought it was this drawer. And I come back to it, it's not there. But then later on, I find it in another drawer. It's, it's completely not even doesn't even really look, even look like it. But at least it was in something. And so, going through that and thinking that. I clearly remember seeing something or where I put something. It's one of the um, things that I I um, deal with, and I have to talk to myself about uh, dealing with that and not uh, get upset with myself for not remembering. Um, and then um, I'm I'm actually physically my biggest problem I had was just. Uh, on being off balance, but um, that's a lot better now. That was the biggest problem with the surgery was just that off balance feeling. I really didn't have, I really didn't have pain. They had given me pain medicine. I probably took three or four pills. Uh, the spot where the, the surgery was is is healing. You can I can kind of feel it pulling itself. Every day it pulls itself a little more. It's getting, you know, it's in a lot better shape now. Uh, wasn't really pain, but that. Well, I'm just. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just interject because we only have a minute left. Okay. I think. I think that you need to go easy on yourself for many, many reasons. Mhm. I put the sugar in the fridge and the milk in the cupboard. So I'm gonna leave you with a quote, and we're gonna sign <laughs> uh-huh. off for this week. And I wish you okay. nothing but continued health. And it's been a pleasure. So Aristotle says this, Glenda. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is not an act but a habit. And I see nothing yeah. but excellence for you. And, and next year, I'm looking forward to seeing you again. And thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Thank you for being on the show. Thank and you, you take yeah. care. Thank you. Hugs, hugs, hugs. Hugs, hugs. <laughs> take care. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
So just another awesome episode of the Change Book Series radio show with two more co-authors. And this is Deb Crow. We'll see you back here next week. Take care, everyone, and make your day awesome.